You, got, you guys can come if you'd like. I'm going to get this uh, sorted out. One second. I, whenever I come up here to do just an announcement, they always have someone sit with me to keep me on track. It's part of my IEP. Not true. So good morning to all of you. Uh, my name is Doug Buckley, if you don't know me. And I have, oh wow. <laughs> I, it, it, okay. Okay, so yes, depreciation is real. We, I, I guess that's a preview. We're going to be seeing pictures of Jeff later. Um, my name is Doug Buckley, for those of you who don't know me. And I have been a part of Central Vineyard Church with my wife and my children for about 20 years. And uh, 11 of those, many of you know, um, 11 of those years we were serving Central Vineyard Church at a distance, we were living in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, where we got to uh, work with the vineyard and some church planting efforts there. And for eight years, we pastored Vineyard Dar es Salaam. And uh, I am very uh, humbled and thankful that we were able to pass off the leadership of Vineyard Dar es Salaam to uh, the next set of uh, leaders and all of the ministries that we've started, we were able to pass off and to this day, they continue to grow and uh, continue in the city of Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. Something that I'm very thankful to God for. And uh, some of you may know me as being part of a family that comes to church maybe right as worship is ending. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is tied to us putting on church for eight years and... Um, being in a different place uh, over the last four years and uh, figuring that out. So there we go. But I speak with you uh, this morning on behalf of the board of Central Vineyard Church that my wife and I have been a part of for several years. And uh, it is a humble honor to get to speak with you um, this morning. And I'm actually going to be introducing the board a little bit later, and I'll just have them stand up. But right now, I want to get into why we're talking today. So I am excited and humbled to share news for the Central Vineyard community, some important changes that are coming to Central Vineyard. Um, Jeff Cannell, who has been our senior pastor since the founding of Central Vineyard, uh, many of you know he went on a sabbatical and he went on a sabbatical to rest. Uh, and he also went on a sabbatical to discern what the future looks like for him and his family. And upon his return from sabbatical, Jeff confirmed to the board he and Adrian's calling um, to retire from his role as senior pastor of Central Vineyard Church. And I want to give that last statement 
the appropriate breathing room by saying it again, and then I want to talk about the word retire for a moment. Jeff, who has been our senior pastor since the founding of Central Vineyard, went on sabbatical to rest. And upon returning from sabbatical, Jeff confirmed to the board he and Adrian's calling to retire from his role as senior pastor. And I want to talk about the word retire because it's a word that has many connotations to it. Some of the connotations to retire is cease from working, commence golfing. <laughs> and if you know Jeff, that is not what Jeff is going to be doing. Uh, some people view retirement as I've finally made enough money that I no longer have to work anymore. If any of you know Jeff, you know that does not apply to him as well. I found it helpful to, when there's a, a lot of different connotations about a word, I find it helpful, how did this word start off? So I, I looked at, at, at retire, and it, it starts from a French word, and it was very helpful. Uh, Terer, which means to draw, and then the RE means to draw back. So retire means to draw back from. And what Jeff and Adrian have discerned is that it is their time. They are called to draw back from the leadership role, the senior leadership role of Central Vineyard Church. And what that means, and this is very helpful for me, um, is that they were called to starting and leading Central Vineyard Church. And it's one of the things that I love about the vineyard is that you can be a pastor and you can have your PhD. You can be a pastor and you can have your GED. What you need to have is a sense of calling. And then if you're going to lead a public thing like a church, other people need to sense, I see that calling in this person. People who are uh, in life with you, living life with you, and, and they are uh, leaders in your life, and they say, yes, I see this calling on this couple, and we think that's a good thing. And Jeff and Adrian, uh, as many of you know, worked at... Uh, Vineyard Columbus. I don't know if Adrian worked there, but I know Jeff did. And uh, they felt that calling, and it was confirmed. And then what do you do? You go and you plant something. And sometimes, even when everyone thinks someone feels called to something, something doesn't work out. And you know what that means? It's not a failure. It's that we're not God, and we don't know. That's what it means to me. But in this case, Jeff and Adrian felt a call to do a certain thing among a certain, in a certain neighborhood with a certain group of people. It was blessed, and for 20 years plus, until this morning, people have been following their leadership to follow after Jesus. So I, I want to be... Um, 
very clear that Jeff and Adrian have sensed a call to step back from the leadership role. This is not something we brought to them. They have discerned this and brought it to us. And we as a board have confirmed that this is not something that they're not reacting. This is not a situational knee-jerk response. This is taking time, discerning, listening to their leaders, getting counsel, and we agree it's time for them to back off from this senior leadership role. And this morning is about us publicly kind of confirming that before you all as a congregation. Now, um, I'm going to get to plan because as soon as we hear this, it's what's the plan? And I just want to thank God that we have a lot of planners on the board. We have a lot of people who have started things that have been failures. We have a lot of people that have started things, including myself, started things that have been successful. And we have a lot of uh, skills and input. And I want to get to plan, but I don't want to get there yet. But, but we're going there. You with me? Um, I want to recognize pretty much what I've already said. We're here this morning. We're not here to be part of a 501c3. We're not here to be part of an organization. We're here to pursue Jesus, and we've found that this is a safe place to do so under the leadership of Jeff and Adrian. I just want to affirm that. And I want to... Um, take a moment to just together and publicly thank the Lord for this. And what we're going to do is a little bit, I, I used to pastor a church in Africa and it's a very different culture than this church. Uh, is it? Uh, and as I've been talking, I've heard people wanting to clap because it is an exclamation of joy, of thankfulness. And what I want us to do is thank the Lord for 20 years plus of us being able to follow the leadership of Jeff and Adrian and that we can just thank the Lord for them and thank them. If we could stand and clap for them, <laughs> clap for that. I'm not stopping it. I know they, they feel uncomfortable, and that's good. <laughs> I, want, I want you to remember this. Um, there, there are so many examples in church and leadership of people's leadership coming to an end for so many scandalous and not even worth mentioning reasons. This is the diametric opposite of that. And that's something for us to really, in our own time, this week, thank the Lord for, that we have been a part of that and will continue to be a part of that. 
It's a, it is a celebration. It's, it's emotional, but it is, it is a celebration. It, it's amazing. And I, I am happy that there is a lot of good news ahead. And what I'm going to be uh, getting into next, what's next? There's a lot of good news. Number one, Jeff and Adrian aren't leaving today and not coming back. They're going to be here in July. They're going to be here in August. They're going to be here in September. They're going to be here in October, November, December. But then, starting January 1st, there will be new leadership at Central Vineyard Church. That's something that we're all getting ready for. And as a board, we've been getting ready for it. We had an idea when Jeff and Adrian went on sabbatical, but we don't announce ideas. We announce when they come back and say, we felt from the Lord that this is our decision. We confirm that, which leads us to today. And today got started with us as a board knowing when the senior leadership position is vacant, the board comes into a role of figuring out the process for the new leadership of Central Vineyard Church. And we have been meeting, we have been talking with the staff, and we have uh, a plan that we're gonna be rolling out a bit to you right now, but it's, it's gonna take place over time, and you're gonna leave today with a paper that kind of reminds you all the details of what I'm going to talk about a little bit right now. But I, I, I think you can get from the way I'm communicating, plan is important. We have one. We got one. But they're, they're, it, it's almost a bit insensitive to jump right to plan. They're here. You, you with me? But there is a plan. So, uh, that plan I want to talk about, but first I'd like to introduce the current Central Vineyard Board because we've added uh, two new members. So I, I'm just going to literally read down the names, and I'd like to have you stand. Actually, just so we have it on video, maybe come up here. Come up here. All right, so Adrian Cannell can join Jeff Cannell. <laughs> Haley Aka. <laughs> Lindy Buckley can join Douglas Buckley, but she can't because she's in Children's Church. <laughs> Daniel Dibdahl. <laughs> Kevin Essex. And Corey is, has already joined John. Corey and John McCollum. And uh, yes, the, the board. And if you don't know, do, do, do we know who the pastors and staff are of the church? I, I think I, I want to announce them. Our, and they're coming up here too to, for the picture. Uh, Carl Betcher. Daniel Heck, <laughs> Katie Heck, June Reynolds. Uh, some won't be able to join, like Eve Schroeder, and Luis Santian and Rachel Santian.
Now we're gonna have the entire congregation come up. No, but I'm just kidding. Um, so for, for visual purposes, this is the board, this is the staff and the pastors. Um, thank you, I, I think we now can, can continue on. Yes, you're welcome. But the, these are the key groups that are kind of a part of the, the church, the board, the pastors and staff, the congregation, all of us. Uh, Jeff and Adrian have provi been providing uh, senior leadership to the church. Um, so we are going to be hosting some congregational meetings, and people on the, on the board are going to be uh, facilitating these, but we're, our role is more presenting things to you guys about uh, strengths and opportunities that the church has in this time and getting in, input from you. We've already begun this with the staff, and it's begun to reveal a lot of great information that the board is using to discern the next steps of the church. And we want to do that same thing with the congregation. So there's two key dates that you won't remember, but you're getting this before you leave here. Thursday, July 27th at 7 p.m. And then a Sunday, July 30th at 11.30 a.m. directly after church. Um, there, on the 30th, there will actually be childcare provided so that people can be there um, with their children and we can have that meeting right after the, the church. August and September, the board will work to integrate this input and uh, seek additional feedback. Um, and then we will be having more meetings in August and September. No specific dates on those yet, but we'll be, we'll be doing that with the staff and the congregation and the board, and the staff and the congregation and the board. And then uh, finally, uh, Sunday, September 7, 17th, um, the board will be uh, present and we're gonna give uh, our transition plan based on the information we've gathered, uh, the work that we've done uh, in discerning really who we are as a church, who are the people and, and, and where are we going and what does the leadership need to look like for Central Vineyard in this next generation expression. And then January 1st, we move forward with this plan. And, um, and as someone who's, who's lived this, if you would have told me when I was pastoring Vineyard Dar Salaam that you're going to find someone who's going to move across the world and, and take over the leadership of the church and have a passion for all the ministries that we had going on and that four years later they're going to be there and those things are going to be thriving, I would have said, okay, I don't know. So. I can relate to where you are, and we're all, we're, we all have to have faith. The Lord is at work in this, but we do have a plan. We have input. We have people who are going to be leading and facilitating this process, and I'm very thankful for that. So I want to pass it on. Yes, please. Yes, that, that, that they, okay. One, 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 uh, one thing that I have heard, one rumor that I heard that January 1st, Jeff and Adrian might have plane tickets to a South American country. Um, but, but, 
As Adrian just said, their intention is to come back and to integrate within this church. They love this church community and they want to be a part of it. That's their intention and plan. Thank you, Doug. I brought Corey up here on the condition that she didn't have to say anything because she told me that uh, that is not what she wants to do. Thank you, Doug. Uh, and as Doug said, uh, we will have uh, this sheet back there. And there's going to be lots of opportunities for everyone to be a part of this discussion. I just wanted to take a couple minutes, and this is just uh, to tell you a little bit of my uh, and Corey's story. We're going to have some pictures of Jeff up there while we're doing this because he's so cute. Uh, but I, I just... I just wanted to say, uh, speaking from Corey and me, that's actually the very first meeting, one of the very first meetings in Jeff's backyard. You can see uh, Corey is the one with her back turned. And is that Erica next to her? That's Erica right there next to her. There are a few of us who have been a part of Central Vineyard from the very beginning. I think right now, other than Jeff and Adrian on the church board, uh, Corey and I are the only ones that were a part of the original church plant team. Who are on the board? Who are on I'm, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yep. Carlson's are right there. How can you miss them? All right. So uh, there, there are some of us who have been a part of the congregation uh, all along who were at that very first team. There are some of us uh, you know, who are on the board who have been there for a long time. But, but I, I just wanted to say, you know, when we first came to this church, our boys uh, were in first and second grade. Now they're 25 and 26 years old. Shudan, who's headed to Ohio State this year, wasn't even born. So we've been doing this for a long time. And I just wanted to say, when, when we first came to the church, one other thing about Corey and me is I think we were the only people a part of the original church plant team who hadn't come out of a vineyard church. And, and, and the reason I wanted to bring that up is, is because... We didn't come to be a part of Central Vineyard Church because, you know, we, we had always wanted to be a vineyard church, and we'd always wanted a vineyard church in our neighborhood. Jeff and I had known each other since middle school, uh, and when Jeff and Adrian were called to plant this church, Jeff started talking to me and talking about his vision of a church in the city of Columbus that would be welcoming to all kinds of people. And because Jeff was involved, I knew it was welcoming to all sorts of people, including people like me, who had been a, a bit of a misfit and never really had fit in well uh, in the other expressions of church that I'd been in. Uh, and, and that was that, that, that vision that, that, that became, see, I shouldn't even talk. I just thought of the pictures. If you see yourself in the picture, wave. Uh, but, but this church has become uh, a, not only a wonderful place for us to raise our family, uh, but also a place where we could heal, a place where we could belong, and a place that truly has become, as Jeff has said sometimes, the island of misfit toys, but a church that engages suffering, not only suffering in our community, not only suffering around the world, uh, through the ministries that they've invested in, from Tanzania to Asia's Hope to Vineyard Missions uh, in Cambodia, uh, to stuff going on here in our town through One Good Home. But, but for us, engaging our own suffering, a place where we could be real, a place where we could be together, and it's created this unique, uh, this unique place for us. So I just wanted to say thank you to Jeff 
I wanted to say uh, that, that when you see the people up here from the staff to the board, we have this great mix of people who are sort of the old timers, you know, the old timers like us, but also people who are uh, newer to the process in this. And I believe that we've got an opportunity right now um, that we're going to see not only so much new life and so much new growth, but also a continuity. Jeff's not going anywhere and Adrian aren't going anywhere, you know. Corey and I aren't going anywhere. Doug and Lindy and I aren't going anywhere. We want to be a part of this, but we also want to be a part of this generation that says we're going to help raise up and we're going to help uh, uh, integrate the, the uh, newer generation at our church. So I want to let you know that although there's a little bit of n sadness, just a teeny tiny bit of sadness, I also am looking forward to the day when I can uh, do the same thing in my own life. And I pray that I've been as successful and as lived my career and my life out with integrity as Jeff Nadrian have. And so we look forward to seeing what's next. So I just wanted to add my voice to saying we're excited about uh, this and we're excited about what's next. And so with that, I'm going to hand it over to Jeff. All right. Hey, uh, if you've ever played Central Vineyard Bingo, a couple of the squares are always rabbit trail. So I have two quick rabbit trails. First, I want to, Nick Vega, could you stand? Uh, Nick is one of my oldest friends in the world. And uh, Nick was, I don't know if you know this, uh, when I uh, talked to Penny Meyer, that we, Adrian and I felt like the Holy Spirit told us to do this, she said, pray that people would just come out of the blue and talk to you about it at random, and, you know, and otherwise keep stum. And the first person, you, you were stopping by the office, I think, uh, uh, you know, when I was in that little closet at Vineyard Columbus working, he goes, well, when are you going to do this? In Clintonville, when are you going to do this here? I'm like, just started laughing because, well, that's, that's check mark one. And then Nick, Nick's first job was to bring all the boxes to the rain and sleet and snow, carry them into Crestview Middle School where the power was out half the time, and make coffee and coordinate that everyone got a welcome in. And I had no, Nick lives in Nashville now, right? And uh, we just saw each other not too long ago down there. But uh, you being here this Sunday is bizarre because he was there like, at the very beginning with you know, Carlson's and everyone else. So that's the thing. The other thing that came to mind today is a guy named Ray Cooper, which some of you uh, knew. And the first meeting we had in a park before we got to school, uh, Ray just was kind of wandering around the park, and he needed an emergency move that day and was feeling despondent because he didn't have a way to move out of a very uh, uh, difficult situation. And so just part of the liturgy was, okay, the work of the people means we're going to move Ray. And then Ray kind of worked alongside uh, Nick and doing a lot of this stuff. I don't know why I'm sharing about Ray, but I just love how things just kind of happen here. But what I wanted to say about this is I, uh, this is my family. You know, church Church isn't like a podcast with a brilliant teaching, because if you want that, there's a lot better than you'll ever hear here. You know, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. There's a lot of good performance. Church is just a, is a family of people coming together um, in this doing communion together, being baptized when they follow Jesus, and doing Jesus-y stuff while they hang out with Jesus, and they learn to pray and learn to love one another and learn to love enemies and engage suffering and all that, right? And... I, I, there's not another family in the world that I want to be a part of than this church. You know, there's sometimes where you play fantasy church, like when, when I'm on vacation visit churches. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I miss home. 
I miss home, and I, the one thing I don't miss home for is my preaching. You know, it, my preaching doesn't really impress me. I love preaching, but I, I miss home because of the people. So I'm not at a church for the good, the pro, primarily the good teachings of the lead pastor or whatever. I'm here because this is my family. And none of that is changing. In fact, everything I love about this church is not going to change without me being lead pastor. And I want to tell you what my biggest hope for the rest of my life is. My biggest hope, and then I'm done because I think I left some time for Carl, do you think? Carl, come stand with me as a, ver a visual reminder of, uh, oh, if you guys knew all the songs I've written for Carl Betcher. Carl Betcher, walking down the street, Carl Betcher. Anyway, uh, but what I would say is I've been, Adrian and I have currently been working through Acts, and my favorite character in the whole book of Acts is a guy that has, seems to have a prominent position and then has what our culture would not regard as a prominent position. That's Barnabas. Barnabas, son of encouragement. Barnabas had the privilege of kind of leading and mentoring Paul initially until Paul became a mentor to Barnabas. And I love that. That isn't climbing a leader of a ladder of leadership. It's like, okay, I get to be promoted to a different position. And Barnabas, as an encourager, I said, as I was meeting with my spiritual director, her name's Sherry. She's awesome. Um, she's saying, like, she knows that you keep whenever the word encouragement or encourager comes up, that's when you light up. And I've felt that as like a lifelong vocation. I, I do not think being a lead pastor has been a lifelong vocation. I think it's been a calling for a time. But I'm looking forward to just be more Jeff, more fully, more often, and I'm also really looking forward to what is next in how this church is, is structured and led. I'm looking forward to serving under leadership, and I'm looking forward to being developed under leadership and being mentored because, you know, there's this thing, the longer you follow Jesus, your theology becomes deeper and narrower in that you don't have as many opinions about a hundred things, but the radiance of Christ goes deeper, and you, you realize there's exponentially more good things from Jesus, because Jesus has something for everyone, and he never stops having more somethings for everyone. So I cannot wait to be number two. Not that I'm number two, you know. I mean, like, that was the reference, Brian. Uh, I, I can't wait to be a congregation member that's still, and by the way, Martin Luther taught about the priesthood of all believers. I think there's a pastor element to all believers. I believe in the pastorhood of all believers. Not that you're necessarily ordained or leading something, but God uses us to pastor one another. And as I look around this congregation, so many of you over the years have really pastored Adrian and I and our kids. So I'm super excited. By the way, um, we need to have Carl. We need some Carl in our life. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Gosh, I wish they would have told me that was coming. I could have. No, I'm just kidding. Um, how are we doing? It's a lot. Okay. We're not going to get into details right now. Uh, let's do this. We'll take a breath. That can be a prayer too. Then we'll take a little prayer. Then we'll get started on a sermon. All right? 
And uh, about 10 minutes, sound good? Okay, all right. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for your blessing and the way we bless each other. Bless this story and the reading of your word. Amen. Timer. You know I'm good for it. Oh, 15? But I made a 10-minute timer. Okay. Um, 15 is what it was written for originally, so I'll do 15. <laughs> um, it's a big day, um, and it is an incredible honor to be able to preach today. Uh, it's a big thing to follow <laughs> also, but I'm really glad to be able to do it. Um, I preached my first sermon at Central Vineyard Church 10 years ago. Uh, this is my church. I was ordained at this church. I've never preached a sermon anywhere but this church, whatever you want to take from that. I turned 44 on Friday. Thank you. I survived. I had more birthdays at this church than any other church, and I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a pastor at large at this church, and I wanted to tell you a little bit of how I got here, who we are, and what the future looks like to me. Like I said, my father is a pastor. I grew up in the church, and I know that there's a lot of pastor's kids and missionary kids here in this congregation. So you know what's up. And for those of you who aren't, it's not that complicated. Uh, we grew up in a parsonage. I lived next to the church. The electricity and plumbing were connected. If I was showering in my home and someone flushed the toilet at church, it got very hot. This is how connected these buildings were. You could just sneak through a gap between the two. I probably could not sneak through that gap any longer. I left when I was 16. Um, and it was my life. And I spent more time in the church building than I did at home. Uh, I used to sit around playing guitar with the janitor. I used to sit around eating drink mix out of the kitchen. <laughs> uh, you know, normal stuff, kid stuff. It's all fine. But um, over time, there was some trouble at that church. And um, eventually we had to to go. And so we took, my dad took a new pastorate in Michigan. Um, and uh, just a few years at that church, there was trouble again. And the summer before I went to college, um, I've been running sound at churches since I was like 12. <laughs> uh, haven't stopped. Uh, and uh, for whatever reason, they put me on the schedule to run sound for a business meeting at this church, which in the churches that I grew up in, all the congregational voting is how they do all their business. And at this business meeting that I was running sound for, um, people spoke lies about my father, the pastor, um, and I had to turn their mic on to do that, on and off and on and off, and then, and then they fired him in that meeting while I ran sound. So that was it for me in the church. 
uh, it was pretty clear from my experience that church is a morally bankrupt institution with no Jesus in it. Uh, and I went to college with that in mind and avoided church as much as I could, which is easy in college because you can party all night. Um, but I couldn't really stay away. I wandered back into the fold. I did sound for a church on campus, uh, and I did sound for chapel. And the next thing I know, I'm at this little church called Centerpoint, uh, running sound for their worship stuff, and, and uh, starting to dip a toe. We moved to Minneapolis. We were in Minneapolis, Minnesota for a few years. Um, and there we found ourselves at a mega church for a little while, which was a nice for us, safe way to not get connected to anyone for us. That was our experience. Um, and then in Columbus, we started attending and trying to find a place, and we were drawn to this place, Central Vineyard, by God's grace, um, by the unlikeliest of people. I'll tell you about that personally sometime if you want to know. And the first week, um, I experienced this beautiful church, and I was like, yes. So I said to Jeff, who do I talk to about setting up chairs? And he was able to accommodate me, and <laughs> time passed, and I got a job as, like, the church secretary. I swore I would never be involved in ministry in any way. It did not work out, and I keep getting deeper and deeper. After the first uh, vineyard conference I went to, I was like, oh, this church isn't the only church that's okay in the world. There's a whole movement. For me, the vineyard was a home and is. And uh, I began to work through some inner healing. We were dealing with those traumas and things. And Jeff straightens me out about the church because I've got some things to say. And he said, I'm not going to tell you exactly what he said because this is Sunday morning. But he said, you can't call the bride of Christ the B word. And he, that hit me real hard, like a slap in the face, but he was right. That's what I was doing. And it set my feet on a new path, and I began reconciling and falling in love with the church. Went to graduate school um, and studied the history of the church. Throughout the process of that, as many of you know, I stepped away from paid staff. I'm not on paid staff at this church. I felt called into um, new kinds of ministry, and I'm still finding my way with that, but I'm a pastor at large at this church. Uh, you don't have to be paid to be a pastor <laughs> by God's grace, and we can all be pastors in different ways. And so through this gentle journey, uh, God has been guiding me towards the beauty of what's gathered here at Central Vineyard. And as a part of Finishing my ministry degree, my Master of Ministry, I worked on a project about what Jesus says the church is. Because I had a lot of questions. What even is a church? And what does Jesus say a church is? Matthew 16, verse 18, Jesus says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, my graduate work was all around the word church, ecclesia. What does it mean in the Greek? You know, graduate school stuff. But my increasing conviction throughout the process of working on that project is that the most important word isn't the noun church. There is an important word, and the word is my church. Jesus says this is my church. 
I will build my church. So if you want to know what a church is, you have to ask Jesus because it's his church. And he says what it is. And so let me tell you, with that in mind, who you are, Central Vineyard. I thought about putting this in terms of my opinion. I'm not going to, and you may correct me later as needed. I believe this to be God's own truth. You are Jesus' church. You are the collection of his beloved at this place and this time. Some of you are here for the first time, and this is real weird. You're part of this church today, here and now, gathered by God, by his grace. In John 15, 5, part A, it says, I am the vine, Jesus says, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Everything about being in a church is about being grafted into the life of Jesus, about being adopted into the sonship of Jesus, about being under the head in the body of Jesus. This is Jesus' church gathered together, my church. He says what it is. So you are the beloved collection in this place at this time. And the amazing thing about God is that this particular set of people, this community with its comings and goings can be particularly separately and individually loved as a group by God in the same ways he loves many other churches that we're also a part of in another way. But I think that he loves each expression of my church as an individual expression. And they're all different in beautiful and sometimes hard ways, too, because I think Jesus loves all of his church, even sometimes when they don't love each other so good. But this is my church, is what Jesus said. When they asked me to preach, I like it when they give me a, a verse of Scripture, because that makes it easy. You just read the verse, and you're like, okay, what's that about? And then you tell people, and that's preaching. Now you know the secret. Now you guys are in for it. But I also like to do this. I like to say, because this is a holy opportunity, God, oops, God, what would you like to tell these people? I'm going to get to talk to them on Sunday. What do you want me to tell them? And when I ask God that question, he pours out on me a sensation of love so strong that sometimes I think I'm going to die. I feel almost crushed into the earth with the power of God's love for you. And I know it's but a fraction of a fraction of how much he truly loves you. God loves you so much that I can barely stand to hear about it. <laughs> That's God's love for you. You are delightful to God. You as a group, are his beloved, delightful creation. My wife, Jessie, when we talk about this church, and especially the trajectory, we talk about, she says, this is just the cutest church ever. This church is cute because it's so sweet. All of the relationships that we have with one another, all of the love and care that we have for one another, it's beautiful, it's incredible, and it is unique. 
So, what does the future look like? We know that there are changes, and yet Jeff has also affirmed that for him, the best things are going to stay the same. And I think that as I look to the future, what I see is more of the same. I see us, this particular delightful community, living into the gifts that we've been given under the headship of Jesus. Jesus remains our pastor, and we under his headship, his love. So this church looks like sharing our joys as we have done together. More weddings, more babies, more new jobs, more lives transformed, sometimes fast, more often so slow. And our church will look like sharing our sorrows as it has. More funerals, more losses, more struggles and worry, but faithfully bearing that together with our co-suffering Savior who suffers with us. That's what we have had, and that's what we will have, these sharing. Life together is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer calls it. In Matthew, that outburst that Jesus says to Peter, it's prompted by a question. Jesus has retreated away. He's talking to his disciples specifically. And he says, he asks them this. He says, who do they say I am? And they start by saying some stuff like uh, John the Baptist reincarnated or Elijah or whatever. That I, I misquoted, but the Elijah part is accurate. Um, and then Jesus says, okay, that's what they say I am. Who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, and you are Peter, a name that Jesus gave Simon. In the church together, what we will have done and what we will continue to do is to know and name and ascribe worth to our God. And we will be known and named and esteemed by God as well in an incredible, intimate hug that's embodied in the Trinity itself. And so in this time of transition, the band can come up. I look forward to seeking God together with all of you, all of our brothers and sisters in the congregation, all of our brothers and sisters on the board, all of our brothers and sisters on staff, and finding our way together to some of the specifics of the next part of the journey, which I know can be daunting, and yet I hope that we can be secure in faith and solid in the knowledge that God loves Central Vineyard. He loves us together, and we love each other. Amen? Let's pray, uh, and then we'll share in communion. Um, you may stand if you choose. God, we thank you for Central Vineyard. We thank you for the love you have poured out on this little place in a special way, and we love this journey that we have together. We thank you for walking with us through so much joy and so much hurt, through the comings and goings and the changes to our community itself while somehow it remains this one church and, and in unity with 
the church historical and universal. And we thank you, God, for your love and presence. And we pray you would continue to pour out your grace and presence. We pray, God, as we discern next steps, that you would pour out your wisdom to us as we honor and thank Jeff and Adrian for their service and look forward to our next chapter together with Jeff and Adrian. We thank you and, and we pray for your blessing and guidance in that. You are a good God and we love you. Amen. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and broke it. And he says, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in the remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink from it, all of you. I invite you to join us in this rite, this ritual, the sacrament that joins us in unity with the church of all time and all place. Amen. Please come forward.